Hey everyone, welcome back. My name is Lynn Wilson and this is a podcast today called Hope for Today. And we all need hope every day. We need encouragement every day. We need direction every day. We need wisdom every day. So today my question for you is, how will you finish? How will you finish? Sounds like a simple enough question. So over the next few weeks, I want to go on some journeys together. I want to um, look at people in the Bible that either walked with God or went on a journey and different styles of journeys and just have a look at some of the things that happened in Bible times and how that can help us today. I'm a very simplistic and a very practical person. I don't like complicated. I like things very simple. My life is complicated. My life is, and I'm sure many of you can say the same thing. And when life is complicated, I need simplicity to just sort of calm the waters, make it easy, just to be able to transition from one thing to the next. And I want to learn in a simple way that's practical that I can use every day. I don't want something so fancy that eh, I don't know if we'll ever use it. To me, that's just a waste of time. So if you're into simple and you're into practical, you're in a good place today. So I want to look at um, a few people that went on a journey and we're going to talk about the journey they were on and maybe it'll give you a, a, a fresh perspective on things. So we're going to talk about two men today. And uh, but before I talk about that, um, I want to talk about two people that I know personally that I think their stories are quite interesting. So my son and daughter-in-law, they are hikers. They um, go to the Grand Canyon and they travel. They went to Washington State and they've gone over in Europe and they just like hiking. And I know for them, they've talked about what equipment they need to bring depending on where they're going and weather conditions and, you know, just all that kind of stuff. You need to be prepared. You know, we talked a few weeks ago about putting on the armor of God. And many of us grew up with that in Sunday school, and we think that's kind of a kid's story. But the more I read about it, and the more I go through life on a daily basis, I'm finding more and more myself that that podcast wasn't for you all. It was for me. I I don't think there's a day that hasn't gone by since we've done that podcast together that I haven't thought about. On the moments I felt discouraged or weak in an area, did I put on that armor? Have I returned back to what I know is truth and so on. So with my son and daughter, daughter-in-law being hikers, I've become quite interested in just learning, you know, what they do and how they do it. And we had a early Thanksgiving family get together and I met with two of my cousins that just completed the Appalachian Trail. And they went to, all the way down to Georgia and they trekked and hiked all the way up to Maine. I don't even know how many thousands of miles it is, but they did the whole nine yards from the beginning to the end. And they wanted, their whole goal was to get to that finish line. And they were, they did well. They prepared, they got their hiking sticks, they had the gear that they needed, whatever they could carry in a backpack because they have to travel light because whatever, wherever they trek and travel and hike, they need to be able to carry that equipment. But they also need to carry equipment for the elements. If it rains, if it's snowy, it's cold, it's hot, and so on. They have to carry very special straws, life straws and things that they can drink from basically any water they can find, but through this it would be purified and so on. And they went on this trek and they were telling me, I said, what was it like to get to the end? What was it like to finish? 
And he said, you know, it was interesting. We got to the very end. We were at the bottom of the mountain and it was so hot. He says, we were dying, just traveling there. And we got to the mountain and all of a sudden, as we started to go up the mountain, the temperature was changing. And he said, they could feel the difference. And they've been warned. They did their homework. They did their studying. And they said, the temperature can change just like that. You need to be prepared. You need to be prepared. So they got out their long johns and they changed, put on their coat, their gloves, their hat, whatever they needed, whatever they had. And as they're almost at the finish line, almost to the very top, these hikers come running the other way. Don't go. Stop. Don't go. What, what do you mean don't go? No, you can't go up there. Somebody died. They're on the top of the mountain. So these people are running the other direction. You know, there was something strange. There was something weird. They were frightened. Whatever the case might be, they ran the other direction. My two cousins are looking at each other and they said, we just walked for six, eight months, however long it took from Georgia to Maine to go to the top of this mountain to touch that sign to say that we finished the job. We finished the trek. We finished well. And they're like, do we go back? What do we do? And they both said, no. We have everything we need. We're going to the top. And they trekked the rest of the way. They got to the top. They touched their sign. They got their photos. They did it. They finished. They parade and everything else. And off in the distance was a young man that probably died of hypothermia, shorts and a t-shirt. He was going to the top, but did not prepare for the journey. Now they are told, you know, if you do your study, you're going to do a hike like this, you need to prepare and you need to know what you're getting into and what areas and what type of clothing. And he, I guess, just ignored the rules and thought he could do it on his own. And off he went. And at the top of the mountain, must have been there the day before, died of hypothermia. And it was interesting to think that these other hikers that have probably trekked this whole way were almost there, almost at the top, but they were influenced by something they saw from somebody they probably don't even know that caused them to say, no, I'm frightened, I can't do it, I can't do it, and they ran the other way. I wanna tell you about another gentleman. I never met him, but I knew his daughter, knew of his daughter, and uh, this past weekend, this man passed away. And from everything I'm hearing about him, he was you know, nice gentleman and lived a very simple life, didn't have a lot of money, raised his family to be good people. Um, he raised them in the church, raised them to have a strong faith in the Lord. And uh, went to church every Sunday. You know, just an everyday commonplace father and husband and nobody that would be famous or anybody that you would even know. No one that would probably even get any credit for anything. <clears throat> but anyway, he passed away this weekend. That didn't get me. But you know what got me? When you look at this man's life, he didn't have a lot of fame. He didn't have a lot of fortune. Most people don't even know who he is and never will. But they said that they found him dead. He must have died probably the day before, dead in his apartment, when they realized he wasn't answering the phone and so on. But when they found him, he was kneeling beside his bed, praying to his Lord. Boy, did that grip my heart. To think that this man at the finish line of his life, he didn't know when that would be, that he was in the kneeling position on his knees, not just praying at the kitchen table. He was on his knees next to his bed. And when the Lord came and took him home, he was still in that position, frozen in time 
praying to his Lord. What a testimony. I got chills thinking about it. To think that when the Lord called him, it's time, come to heaven, that the Lord found this man praying to him on his knees. I don't know what the influences he had in the world. I don't know the influence he had from people. I'm sure over his lifetime, people made fun of him. And, you know, that's just common. You're a Christian. What are you doing? And it, it, there's no hope in that. And I can only tell you from my own personal experience that the longer I live and the older I've become and the more trials that I've been through, my first thought is, Lord, I need your help. And that does not mean I've lived a perfect life. That does not mean that every day I do the right thing. But I can tell you, the more I spend time with the Lord, the more I realize I need him every second of every day. Two stories. One wanted to finish well, and they did, and they were not influenced by the others. But those other people that did not finish well because they were influenced by this man that was off to the side who obviously was not equipped and not prepared to go on the journey that he went on. Let me read a passage to you from Luke chapter 22. We're going to start in verse 54, and I'm going to read from the simple version. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Now him being the Lord. Peter followed at a distance. Think about that. Peter followed at a distance. And when some had their kindled by a fire in the middle of the courtyard, they had sat down together and Peter sat with them. A servant girl saw him seated in the firelight. So she's kind of looking through. You know, it might not be a clear picture. There's no bright light shining. We're talking Bible times here. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him, meaning this man right here, the one I'm seeing was with the Lord. But Peter denied it. Woman, I don't know him, she said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, him, this time being Peter, you also are one of them. You're one of them. So he's being lumped into this group, these Jesus followers. Man, I'm not, Peter replied. I am not with them. About an hour later, there was another situation that called, someone called for him and said, you were with him. And he said, no, I denied. He denied the Lord three times. That was tough. He walked with the Lord for three years. You know, us as believers now have faith in the Lord. We've accepted him as our savior. And they, they say we walk in faith. We walk in faith, we pray, Lord, show me, teach me, um, speak to my heart, you know, show me what I need to do, guide me, direct me. And we go on faith and we have to listen for the Lord. What would it be like to walk, physically walk down a road with the Lord and say, hey, Lord, you know, I was thinking I have this situation and how would you handle it? And be mentored by the Lord Jesus Christ in the flesh. Can you imagine the awesomeness of being with the Lord? Even with that, even with that intimate relationship they had, that close friendship, that bond that they had, they were being mentored for three years for a job to be completed after the Lord was crucified. Even with that knowledge and knowing that he touched him, like he, he could hold his hand if he wanted. He had a meal with him. He talked to him in person, not on Zoom, not anything like that, right in person, one-on-one. -on -one. Being that close with the Lord. And yet when there was a time 
that it came down to the rubber hit the road. He denied the Lord. So what's Peter's story? What, what really happened during this time? Well, for three years, like we said, he was one of the disciples. And the Lord mentored him and trained him for things to come after his crucifixion. The night before the Lord was crucified, they were in the garden. And the Lord needed to go pray. And, but he told Peter, <clears throat> something's going to happen tomorrow. I don't want you to go to sleep. You need to pray for strength for what's about to come. The Lord was telling him, you need to equip yourself. You need to be ready at all times. Even the fact that the Lord said, don't sleep. You don't need to sleep. You need to be in prayer. So he was instructed, don't go to sleep and pray for strength for what's to come. But Peter did the opposite. He ended up falling asleep and he didn't pray. Since he fell asleep and since he didn't pray, he was not prepared and he was not equipped for when the guards came and took the Lord, he followed from a distance. I don't know why he followed from a distance. If it was me, I probably would be thinking through his eyes, awkward maybe, that, oh, I was told that something was going to happen and I needed to pray and I didn't. Maybe a little guilt, a little embarrassment, like now this is the real thing. Like we've talked about this for three years that this was coming. But I didn't know that this was what it was going to be like. And now I don't know if I do I go up with you? Do I hold back? What do I do? Um, I think we've all been in that situation where our faith is being tested. And are you a Christian? And uh, well, um, eh, let me think at one time I sort of went to church and you sort of kind of hightail it backwards. He was not prepared. He was not prepared. The Lord told him to prepare for what's to come. He was weak. He was fearful and he had no strength. How many of us have found ourselves in that? How many of us have walked with the Lord over a period of time? You know, you can look at a Christian and you can say, oh, they're solid as a rock. You know, let's just pray that when people see us as someone solid in the rock, that when our faith is tested, that that is the case, that we will continue walking with the Lord and we will not deny the Lord and we will not. The Lord tells us, again, to be equipped, put on that armor. The Lord tells us to pray. The Lord tells us to hide his word in our heart. This is not brainwashing. This is growing closer to the Lord, learning his ways, understanding his ways, understanding the journey that he has you on. Everyone that has breath to breathe has a purpose for today. I can't stress enough over and over and over to encourage you to let you know there's hope. If you are breathing today, you are so special in the eyes of the Lord for today. He has a job waiting for you to do. It might not be anything famous. You might not be the person who will be, you know, famous on a poster or come here so-and-so speak. That might not be you. But for you, the Lord thought you so special. He's chosen you for something unique that he wants you to do. So what can we learn from Peter's life? Even though he walked with the Lord closely, just like we do, we can trip and fall and we can fall into temptation and we can fall into situations. The Lord has already told us, you need to pray without ceasing. You need to commit your ways to the Lord. Have we done this? Do you and I do this every day? You know, it, it's, I've talked about this before. You ate yesterday and you slept yesterday. 
So does that mean when tonight rolls around at 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, you're going to go, oh, I did that a week ago. I'm not going to do that tonight. Or all of a sudden your stomach starts growling at 5, 6 o'clock at night and you think, oh, you know, I ate last month. I'm okay. No, you're not. It's a daily thing. It's, it's an hourly thing. Sometimes it's a momentary thing that you need to be refreshed constantly. And if our physical needs sleep and <clears throat> food and protecting ourselves from the rain and the cold and the heat and all that. If our physical needs need to be met on a daily basis, so do our spiritual needs. Physically, if you're not healthy, your choice, you haven't done all the right things. You know physically when it takes a toll on you, you get a headache, you don't feel good, you haven't eaten right, you haven't exercised, you haven't been doing your vitamins, whatever it is that you do, then physically it starts affecting you. It affects your mind and then spiritually you just sort of, ah. Uh, I got a headache I'll read tomorrow or I don't feel good I'll pray tomorrow all of it goes together we need to be watching out for this how many times were we in a place like the garden where here are the disciples with the Lord knowing the next day he's gonna be crucified he's gonna be arrested they're gonna take their Lord away I mean he's prepared them for three years knowing this they were so close to him and yet they were so far they all fell asleep even Peter who the Lord said don't Go to sleep. I'm telling you, I don't want you to go to sleep. You need to pray. He didn't. How can we be that close to the Lord and yet give in so easily? Ooh, that's tough. How many times have we been in instructed? You know, you can feel the spirit tugging at your heart to do what's right and not to go to sleep. I don't mean physically, but I mean spiritually. How many times do you feel yourself sort of sliding back, backsliding, sliding back, you know, I know I've been there too. And, you know, I look back at the end of the week and I've had a rough week and I'm like, oh, I don't feel like listening to praise and worship. Do we have to go to church on Sunday? Do I really have to? And I can find myself just sort of not, not major, but enough where I'm, ooh, time to put that in check. Get right back there with the Lord. Lord, I'm sorry. You have spoken to me all week. I've ignored you. Um, you know, I need to, I, I need to make this right. How many times do we fall short of praying and seeking God's strength in our own lives? The Lord tells us strength comes from him. Wisdom comes from him. Our needs are met through him. Why are we not praying and committing this to him? Again, we've learned in past podcasts to put on the armor of God. I'm going to bring that up again. It's not a joke. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a kid's story. It's a story for any soldier, anyone that's a believer in Christ. We're soldiers in his army. And, you know, we sing kids songs. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. We sing that as a kid and the kids get all excited. But do we carry that into our adulthood when we know better? We know the hurts of life. We know the temptations that come our way. We know that turn a computer on, there's junk on there we don't want to be involved in. Or a magazine you might see laying around or words that you're hearing from somebody or discouraging words. How many times that I've come to a place and you're bombarded by people cursing or, or, you know, saying, maybe not cursing, but, you know, crude and rude and, or discouraging words and just negativity everywhere. And it's like, how do you rise above that? Um, only through the Lord. The Lord is the one that's going to give you the strength. Let me read a couple verses to you in Isaiah 41, 10, fear not, for I am with you. The Lord is with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. 
I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteousness, righteous right hand. I will strengthen you. I will help you. Right there, the Lord's going to give us strength. In Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the ways you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. I will instruct Lynn. I will teach Lynn in the way Lynn should go. Take that you out of there and put your name in there. Right now as we're talking, Nobody, I can't hear you. No one else can hear you. Speak out loud. Quote that verse, Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct and throw your name in there. And I will teach, throw your name in there. In the way you, not take out the you. Where does Lynn, where does, put your name in there. Where should you be going? And then, of course, most of us know Psalm, or excuse me, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all my heart. And lean not unto thy own understandings, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy paths. I actually have that hanging over my kitchen sink. And uh, my mother-in-law <clears throat> always had that over her kitchen sink. And I copy a lot of what my mother-in-law did. She was a woman who walked in faith, lived her in her faith, and died in her faith. She was somebody that I can say was a true example of a godly woman that always resorted back to what she preached. She lived the life that the Lord wanted her to live. And she kept that by her kitchen sink and so do I. And it's interesting because I have a YouTube channel. And so of course people see inside my home and I have had many of the people in the channel who watched what I was talking about, but saw the sign of the Bible verse in my home. Ooh, it caught me one day when somebody said, oh, I noticed you have a Bible verse in your kitchen. And I was like, and this isn't necessarily a Christian platform that I'm doing. It is a platform, but it's amazing. My life is being represented around the world. People are seeing that there's verses in my home. Am I acting? Am I doing the right thing? Can people see Christ in me? Do they see when I stumble and trip and fall that I pick myself up and I get more strength from the Lord? So how do we wrap all this up? So we did a podcast a few weeks ago about hindsight is 2020 and we are in 2020. So looking back over this year, what are we going to look back at? It's been a year of floods, riots, fires, earthquakes, hurricane, politics, and pandemics. We've had a great year. <laughs> it's one day for the history books. Yes, it is. What happened January through, what are we in November? So let's say January through October is already history. It's over. It's done. It's in the history books. What did you do with it? What have you done with 2020? I had someone ask me the other day at church. And so they said, so how are you doing with all this stuff going on? And I said, um, what stuff are you referring to? You know, the pandemic, the politics, just things in life in 2020. How are you guys doing? I said, we're doing good. And I got almost like, you know, you feel guilty saying you're doing good. And she looked at me like, you're doing good? I said, yeah. I said, we have found that through <clears throat> everything that's happened with this year, that we have a fresh new perspective on a lot of things. I think a lot of it is because I had more time with my family, more time to spend in the Word, more time to reevaluate my life. I wasn't so busy doing so much that things weren't open for a while or, or what I used to do, I'm no longer interested in. And some of it I realized that it, the season had just ended. 
not because of the pandemic or, you know, I'm not blaming it on anything. It was just time for that season to end and it ended and it was okay. I realized that it's okay. The Lord's got other things for me. You know, the other thing I told her, I said, you know, you got to realize you only live once. I only have one 2020 to live. Now I could choose to live the whole year and complain. I got to do this. I got to do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. Or some of it, as you say, just, you just got to deal with it. Like there's only so much you can do. Some of it is out of your hands. This too shall pass. It will pass. I don't know when I'm not a prophet, but it will pass. Everything always passes. I told her I've learned to be more flexible and more creative and learn how to enjoy life with the bumps in the road. You know, you're driving down a road and the tires are just shaking, but you got to get to the other side. If you turn around, you're going to still hit those same bumps, but you got to keep going because on the other side, they finally paved that side of the road and you're going to have a nice smooth ride for a while. Oh, then you're going to hit another bump in the road. I've had to learn to be flexible, creative, and learn how to ride those bumps. It's just what I had to do. I refuse to quit. I am not going to give up. I am not going to end this year feeling hopeless in a state of mind of it's over. It's done. Everything's going to pot. I refuse. I am going to go on a trek and equip myself with the armor of God, asking for strength and wisdom and armor myself with prayer, asking for a hedge of protection, asking the Lord, what is your purpose for me today? I want to get to the top of that mountain. I want to touch that sign. I want my picture at that sign. I want to be able to say, I finished the trek. I finished that journey I was on. I don't want to be one of the hikers that when they got up there, they ran scared because they saw something that frightened them. Listen, life is frightening. There are times or days you're going to wake up and you're going to be, I, I, I don't know how to cope with this. I don't either. I have no idea. He does. He's beyond it. Have the hope in knowing that Jesus Christ is going to get you through what you're going through, whatever it is. I know every time you turn around, there's another bump in the road and there's another curveball that comes our way. I get that. I am not perfect. I don't live a perfect life, but I am striving to do what the Lord has asked me to do. I want to hit that high mark. I want to finish well. How are you going to finish? I want to be that man that's on his knees on his knees next to his bed, praying to his Lord. I want to be in a situation, whether it's on my knees or it's teaching a Sunday school class or something. I had someone said, when the Lord takes me home, somebody that used to mentor me, and she's in glory now. And Jana told me, I want to be so busy for the Lord that when he takes me home, my hands were serving him. That's what this man did. He was on his knees before his Lord. How are you going to finish? Are you going to finish? Now, my cousins finished this journey in this trek, and it was wonderful. And they had their fame to claim to, or their claim to fame, however, I don't know. However you say that, they touched that sign. They have their picture. It's documented. They did well. That's an earthly goal, and it was great. They accomplished it. The other man didn't finish well. He wasn't equipped. But the man that finished well on his knees is in glory. But the, the lives that he touched, mm, when you think about his grandchildren knowing that when my grandpa died, he was on his knees and anyone else that knew that. And if nothing else, he touched my heart. I'm now sharing that with you. And I don't know how many other lives that this young 
um, family that have lost their dad and, and found that their dad died on his knees have no idea that he impacted my life. And I don't know, my one life is nothing, but if I can impact another person and then you impact someone else, that man's life, what a reflection, what a testimony. Ooh, good stuff. So will you be a Peter and not be prepared when you were called and asked to do something? When the Lord tells you, don't be sleeping on the job. You got a job to do. Come on, wake up. Let's go right now. Enough. You need to be praying. It's coming tomorrow. I need you to be in prayer for strength. Are you going to be a Peter and ah, I don't need it today? I know what the Lord's telling me, but I'll deal with it tomorrow. No, 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 no. Tomorrow is when you need the strength for it. So today is when you need to be praying. Are you going to finish well like the hikers that were on a trek and, you know, equip yourself and finish and it only be an earthly thing, but not a spiritual where you finished well? Are you going to be a hiker that was, you know, not prepared? And just as a Christian, we're not prepared. We're not equipped. We know we're going into a certain situation. We need to prepare ourselves. Or will you be the person who lives a faithful life until the end? When the Lord takes you home, will he find you on your knees? Will he find you serving him? Will he find you witnessing to someone? Will he find you just a faithful servant? You only have one life to live. Make it worth something. Don't die and leave this earth and not have been a person of worth. I don't mean money, fame, and fortune. I mean your person, your soul. You are worth something to the Lord Jesus Christ, or he never would have died on the cross and brought your name to the cross. You are worth something. You need to take hope in that. I don't care what situation you are in life, how old, how young, how much money, how little, whatever. It doesn't matter. You are worth something to the Lord. He died for you. You are worth something. Live life, enjoy life, experience life, everyday things. Eat pizza for lunch, eat pizza for breakfast and have a good time and enjoy pizza. Have some ice cream and enjoy the everyday fun things. Enjoy life. There's nothing wrong with that. But in the end, finish well. And only through him can we find hope, can we find joy, can we find strength and wisdom and know that we can do this together. Join me on the journey and let's finish well together. How will you finish? Thanks for coming by today. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. The next few weeks, we're going to be on a journey together. So get your notebooks and your pens out and let's take some notes together and see what we can do by the end of this year to make a difference and be worth something for the Lord.